All right, so I get the privilege of introducing Caleb. Why don't you come over here, Caleb? Caleb, you feeling you feeling ready? Okay. Get your music stand real quick while yep. we're while we're doing this. So if you're not familiar with who Caleb Hansen is, uh, you might you might be sleeping, right? Right, Caleb. That's right. right. I should know who you are. So Caleb Hansen, uh, I've been I don't know I don't know, honestly don't even know how many years I've had the privilege of doing ministry to you and now with you. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. And that that's really what what I what I as I thought about introducing Caleb, what I want wanted you to know and see and understand about Caleb is um, I remember. I don't know. I remember when my dad came home and we first had our first son Cooper, and we were in the process of raising him. And he said, "Man, it's one thing to raise your own kids; it's a whole different thing to watch your kids raise your own kids." And in a in a weird way, that's how I feel about Caleb because Caleb came in and I I, sh- I shared a picture of him kind of when he first showed up, the vitamin U one. If you haven't seen it, get on our Facebook page. But <laughs> but. That's how Caleb was when he first came. He was, you know, he didn't really have, would you say he didn't have much of a faith? No. Um, you know, maybe maybe a, a general understanding, but Caleb has been changed by the gospel. He's been changed by God's word. He's been changed by the community at First Christian Church. He's been changed by, you know, his family. His family raised a, a fine young man, um, and we appreciate that. But getting to see him at this point is one of the greatest joys of my life, and if we got to hold back here <laughs> if you start <laughs> and and honestly oh, this when when i say you know the the goal of my job is to raise peers and the goal of a parent is to raise peers in life and in christ Caleb is a perfect example of that he's a guy that is now i view as a peer i don't view him as my youth group student anymore i view him as a peer in christ and I love, and I, and I love you, man. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad you get to hear from him today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna start off crying, so that's that's a good start. <laughs> um, okay. So today we're gonna be uh, talking about suffering, and uh, suffering. Oh boy, do I have plenty of stories to tell about that one. Uh, but the one I'm gonna tell you guys today is uh, from a good friend of mine, Mariah Mains. Um, so it was Timothy Days on MCC campus. Uh, Timothy Days, for you guys who do not know, is MCC's biggest recruitment time. So we have a bunch of high school seniors on campus, and they can stay in the dorm for two days and in the night. I'm um, also through the night. Um, so it was about 12 a.m., and Mo was running around, and he ended up stealing some powdered peanut butter from one of our guys' rooms. And little did Mo realize is that there would be a kid chasing him down to reclaim his friend's lost peanut butter. Um, so Mo ran into this dark, abandoned room, and he grabbed a mattress to defend himself. Um, the kid who also chased Mo had a PVC pipe, just to let you guys know. Um, so they were in this this dark room, and they uh, had an amazing battle. It was pretty epic. Um, but the kid ended up hitting Mo in the face with a PVC pipe and breaking his tooth. Um, Mo said at his time that his uh, his mouth looked like a kind of a jigsaw puzzle, and he's kind of worried why he had explained to his parents why he had to get a root canal 40 years too early. Um, Mo obviously had to go to the hospital and get his new tooth fitted and everything. Um, I can also tell you guys that I know the other kid pretty well. I can tell you that he was uh, pretty emotionally destroyed that he destroyed his friend's tooth. And um, you might be wondering who that kid was. Well, that kid was me. Um, I was one chasing Mo. I was trying to get back my roommate Dax uh, peanut butter. 
Um, now, Mo obviously went through a lot of physical suffering, and I went through almost no suffering compared to him, except the emotional distraught that I destroyed my friend's tooth. Um, don't worry, we're still good friends and everything. But a lot of time when suffering enters our life, we, uh, we tend to shut down. We view it as uncertainty in the plan and the life that God has planned out for us. Um, and with this bump comes a lot of emotions like fear and anxiety. And I think that's what a lot of us are feeling right now through all of this. Having basically our everyday life completely changed and thrown away. Um, I'm a very social person for, the, for you guys that, who do know me. Um, I love being around my friends on MCC campus. And, and it did not even cross my mind that I left, when I left for spring break, that'd be my last time in the dorms. Um, that next week after spring break, they shut down all the dorms. They uh, went to online. I just processed saying goodbye to everyone, knowing that I probably won't see all of them together for the next six-ish kind of months. Um, and it was really it was really hard. And then most recently, uh, for you guys who've probably seen the news, Best Buy furloughed a bunch of employees, and I was part of that group. Um, so a lot of this has been really stressful with me, and I know a lot of you guys can also be feeling this kind of same way. Um, I'm sure pl plenty of you guys are starting to get tired of the Zoom calls, um, tired of the constant cooking and appearance. I'm sure those, those little ones are starting to get on your nerves a little bit. But through all this, my mind has come to one thought, and I hope you guys can also come to this thought with me. God knows what the suffering is like, because he himself has also gone through it, and that's something that I can definitely find a lot of rest in. Our main passage today, if you guys can turn to it, is going to be Hebrews 4, 13 through 16. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background about the book before we get there. Um, so uh, the book of Hebrews, a lot of people don't know who the author is. A lot of people, it's like a big debate around um, a lot of professionals. Some say James, some say Paul. The author is not nearly as important as the message behind the book. The book itself is talking about how Jesus is the greatest. Jesus is the greatest at literally everything. And I know that's super broad to understand, but that's, that's the truth behind this book and basically the tr truth behind the entire Bible. And our passage leads straight into that. Nothing in creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who is ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to our faith, we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time and needs. Now, as Kevin would say if he was here, there's a lot of juices in these verses. Um, the passage starts off with telling us anything in creation, which is literally everything, God is able to see. God can also see and hear everything that's in our minds and in our hearts, um, which has been super encouraging to me, knowing that he can hear what I'm going through. In the beginning of all this, I was mad. I was super set that all this was happening, and I was very confused. And... Um, I just, I didn't understand what God was planning through all of this. And uh, my life was popping, as the kids would say. Um, I had been going to the gym, getting those gains. Um, I was spending a lot of time with my boys. And most importantly, I was putting a lot of effort in my relationship with Christ. Um, I was upset that my life was put on pause, at least for a little while. Um, but like I said earlier, God can see and hear everything that's going on with us. Um, in Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. No matter what we are going through, God will be there and he will be a part of it. He won't leave us alone even when we do feel alone. I think that's something that a lot of us should rest on during this time. No matter what we're going through, we have a loving God that will not leave us no matter what. The next part is also super encouraging to me myself. Um, since we have a great high priest who has come into the heavens, let us hold on to our faith. One book that I've recently been reading through with a, with a couple guys is oops, um, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering by Tim Keller. Um, the way Tim Keller ends his uh, chapters in this book is always with a story at the end. 
Um, and at the end of chapter four, he tells us the story of this woman and all the suffering she went through. How alcoholism, how alcoholism destroyed her parents when she was a child. How she got into an abusive marriage. How she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And how she had the fear of her children losing their faith. As many times as we see on social media or through movies or TV shows, stories usually have a happy ending. Tim Keller doesn't give us a happy ending with this one. We are left off wondering what the end is going to look like. But luckily, she gives us a little light on that. She ends up telling us that even though all this has happened, she realizes that he will replace the sting of pain with hope. She ends the story with this line. Hope does not come in the solution to the problem, but in focusing on the Christ who facilitates the exchange. The really awesome thing about our faith is that it's not just a faith, but it's a relationship. We have this God that wants to be there with us through all of this, and he hates it that when we're in pain. He knows how painful this suffering can be, as he himself has also gone through it. Jesus came down to live with us and walk through life as a normal man. And that's exactly what he did. He lived a normal life. Well, as normal as you can being Jesus, the Son of God. Um, he loved those who were suffering and were outcasts. He even surrounded himself with those exact same people that were outcasted and were suffering. Jesus himself also spent 40 days out in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. So I think I can take faith knowing that God has also gone through all of this, that he knows what I need and when I'm going to need it, because he himself has gone through it. The last little bit of our verses are, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Many times in our Western world, when something bad happens, such as natural disasters, people tend to turn to God in their suffering. They have this thought that if I'm suffering and I turn to God, it will all magically just fix itself. And then when the suffering dies off, usually just so does their faith. But then on the other hand, you have those who um, don't understand how a God, our God, a loving God, could allow suffering to happen. And this is where the big crossroads for many people come to. How can, how can this God allow this? But through the Bible, we see plenty of stories of suffering, how God uses that to end up building those people up. One of the most obvious stories is the book of Job. Through this entire book, Job is going through tons of suffering. But we know because of the beginning that Job has been a loyal man to God through his entire life. Even though he goes through all this different type of suffering, the devil's there trying to pound on him, he stays loyal to God because he knows where his faith is. Many people are wondering why someone has to go through this suffering. What does this little bump have to do with my life? And that's just a thing. One thing that we have to realize is that this is just not simply our own life. That we're playing a part in God's story. And I think Job understood that. He never questioned God through all of this. He, he, he held on to his faith. Um, and he would have been, he's been very happy to have a pretty okay, nice kind of life. But he knew what his faith meant to him. And he was okay where he was at. So many people also question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why me? What did I do to deserve this? Though this suffering might seem unnecessary, and we don't understand why or how this is going on, um, I think we should try to get the question of, not why me, but why not me? The fact is, if we go based on that thought right there, there's only one person who deserved to go through no suffering. He lived a perfect, sinless life, yet, he went, more, he went through more suffering than any of us will ever go through. He died on that cross for you guys. Suffering was never meant to be part of this world. We turned from God, though, and we sinned. 
Yet, despite all of that, through all the transgressions that we had against God, through the entire Bible, he's provided us means and ways to leave the suffering and approach him where he is. We as Christians have this amazing relationship with Christ. One that is on a personal level. And like where the verse said, we can approach him to where he is right now. We can test, take rest in knowing that we have someone who's looking out for us. An all-knowing, loving father who is just in everything that he does. That he knows that this suffering isn't fun. And he's still there looking out for you guys. I know, I know, suffering is not fun to go through. But we still have to remember that we have someone who's not only gone through it, but is still going to be with us through all of this. No matter how much we turn away, no matter how much suffering that we're going through, we're going to have a God who's going to be there with us. God doesn't want you to go through this alone. He's willing to help you through whatever rough patch you guys might be going through right now. I want you guys to rest on these points throughout this next week. God is always with us, even when we feel alone. God knows what we need because he himself has gone through it. And finally, we have a way to leave this suffering and go straight to him. I think this is the good news of the whole Bible. Jesus came and suffered on that cross so that our suffering will be forever less than it was meant to, what it was meant to be. I definitely think this is where we can find the beauty in our suffering. If you guys can pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time. I thank you for the ability for us to meet as a church, even though it's online. Um, I pray for everyone who might be struggling or having some sort of stress through all this, Lord. Um, I myself has also been going through this, but I pray that you would um, meet those um, who are suffering where they're at right now, Lord, that you'd be with them through all of this, Lord. Because um, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stress going on right now. So, Lord, I just pray that you'd be with the church. You'd be with our leaders as they try to guide us forward through this hard time. And I just pray for everyone else, Lord. In your name, I pray. Amen.